Welcome to The Queen and Jersey, a special edition series by Bailiwick Podcasts. Time and technology worked in tandem to make Queen Elizabeth II Britain's most travelled monarch. Her Majesty was 96 years old when she died, having come to the throne in 1952, by far the oldest and longest serving royal Great Britain has ever known. In the early part of her reign, she travelled as most of her predecessors had, by boat and train, but later advances in aviation, particularly the jet engine, revolutionised travel and shrunk the world, making visits to far-flung destinations more practical. However, this punishing, globe-trotting lifestyle did not come at the expense of tours closer to home. She came to Jersey on six occasions, more than any other monarch. Today, we look back at Her Majesty's sixth and final visit to Jersey, coinciding with the 60th anniversary of liberation in 2005. The Queen's sixth and final visit to the island in 2005 was in many respects the most memorable and poignant being arranged to coincide with the 60th anniversary of the liberation. There was evidence of real empathy. The Queen had lived through the Second World War, and her first visit to Jersey had been just four years after the occupation. She was now 79 years old, had been Queen for 53 years, and was a mother and grandmother. During her reign, the role of the monarchy had to adapt to survive. She seemed to have taken it all stoically. Even critics opposed to royalty begrudgingly had to admit admiring her sense of duty. Locally, supporters, many of whom only born after she had come to the throne, talked about this probably being her last visit to the island, adding to the impending sense of the passing of a generation. The royal flight touched down at Jersey Airport just after three o'clock on the 9th of May and taxied to Aviation Beauport. There to greet her, as ever, the island's Lieutenant Governor and the Bailiff, this time round, Air Chief Marshal Sir John Cheshire and Sir Philip Balash. The Queen and the Duke were then whisked by a green Range Rover along Victoria Avenue, up the Esplanade, before finally pulling up in front of the Pomdor Hotel. More than 3,000 islanders had packed into Liberation Square to experience the usual festivities, including the Liberation reenactment and the hoisting of the Union flag. More watched from specially erected large screens. In her speech, the Queen told islanders that she had been very impressed when she first visited the island after the war in 1949 to discover how quickly you, the people of Jersey, were putting those times behind you. She also said she was pleased to see how the special privileges and autonomy granted to the island by the Crown so many centuries ago formed the basis of the successful island in which you live today. Then, in what had become a hallmark of more recent visits, the Queen and Duke spent 15 minutes informally chatting to various islanders. Amongst them was 70-year-old Walker Labby, who told the Queen that exactly 60 years ago, aged 10, he had been in Liberation Square to welcome the troops ashore. His wife, Marion, added that she had also been there, but, being younger than her husband, had been taken there on her father's shoulders. And for the third time on a Jersey visit, the Queen was presented to Anne Pashard. She had been 13 when the liberation happened. Also presented to the Queen were 95-year-old Phyllis Ledrinek, whose husband Harold had been deported to a German concentration camp during the occupation for helping hide slave workers, and Ronald MacDonald, the first of the liberators to step ashore. 
Next on the agenda was the unveiling of the newly commissioned 150,000 six-metre-high Freedom Tree at the base of the Elizabeth Marina, and from there, a 174-yard walk to Les Jardins de la Mer to attend a children's tea party. The walk was yet another opportunity for the public to meet the visitors, and the Queen and Duke stopped to chat to so many people that by the time they reached the Jersey Electricity-sponsored party, they were more than 20 minutes behind schedule. More than 600 primary school children had been chosen to attend. The venue for that evening's reception and special dinner was a return to the Grand Hotel, where she and her husband had been entertained on their very first visit back in 1949. After the meal, Sir Philip presented the Queen with a bound copy of a new States-commissioned history of the occupation by Dr Paul Saunders. According to Sir Philip, unlike the more sensational books of recent times, this new one did justice to the facts. The evening finished with a massive firework display. Without the use of Britannia to act as a hotel, she had been decommissioned in 1997, the couple stayed overnight at Government House and flew out of the island the following morning. Thank you for listening to The Queen and Jersey. This is an audio version of an article produced by Eric Blakely and the Bailiwick Express team, read by me, Fiona Potney. If you'd like to see the full version with stunning photography courtesy of Jersey Archive, you can click the link in the episode description. If you've enjoyed delving into this period in the island's history, please do like and share this podcast with others. Express will be releasing a special edition on the day of Her Majesty's State Funeral on Monday 19th of September. It will include tributes, memories and detailed analysis of the island's special relationship with the Crown. To receive the free special edition straight to your inbox, head to bailiwickexpress.com and sign up for our free daily news email. You'll also be able to find it on the Bailiwick Express app. Download it now from Apple or Google Play.